How we doing? It's Brew Crew Territory, Scotty Braun and former Brewer Lorenzo Kane for a team that's playing super, super well in the National League Central. They got stronger, Low. Last show, we covered a little bit of the Carlos Santana addition from the Pittsburgh Pirates. Helps them on defense when he is out on the field playing first. Of course, helps them get on base. That's what he does. I mean, he's got a better eye than most umpires. And Mark Kent is actually kind of the same way when he's at the plate. Dude figures out how to get on base. Andrew Chafin to help them out in the bullpen, especially against lefties. What did you think of their moves, which were much more than a lot of other teams made? Yeah, they made a, I think they made a lot. They made a few positive moves, moves that they needed more than anything. You know, I think they shored up uh, their offense by trying to add consistent guys, consistent on base guys, also shoring up the back end of the bullpen as well. So, hey, that's what they needed. They got great starting pitching. Now we got, we need a consistent offense. And also to shore up that bullpen is going to be huge down the stretch for this team. Yeah, I'm with you. And Mark Hanna, just adding the outfield depth, is a guy that not only can work a walk, but you know, he can work a little little HBP. Oh, He's yeah. one of the best in the biz for years like that. He, he just takes a hit, take the bruise, take a base, improve the on-base percentage. Pass the baton, so love all that. And, you know, this team's gotten great contributions from guys like Yelich and William Contreras and now Sal Freelich. So, um, you add these two guys, some veteran bats to help the ball club. Looks like it's going to make a big difference for this team, especially because now it's looking like it's three teams going for the division instead of two since the Cubs decided, screw it, we're going to try. They add Jamer Candelario. They have been on a run lately. They might even pass the Reds. We'll see. But now you have three teams going for playoff spots in the NL Central. It's gotten a little little tougher out there with the Brewers, the Reds, and the Chicago Cubs. Mm -hmm. So we'll see how all of that goes. Let's get into more of the Brewers conversation right now with Kurt Hogue, who joined us on FT from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel to give us a little more of a, a 360 view of what the Brewers look like right now. Kurt, great to see you. Are you hanging in the park right now? Yeah, I got hit a little early today. I mean, it's like high 70s. It's like a perfect Milwaukee day. Like when you think of the best Milwaukee summer days, it's today. And the so everything's open? There's no threat of rain or anything? Everything's open. Uh, I don't think it's going to rain tonight. So beautiful day at the park. Kurt, well, hey, since you're already there, why don't you take us up to the slide? And let's let's do a live slide. <laughs> I don't think anyone's monitoring it right now, but they're like they've cracked down. In the last I snuck year. up there. I snuck up there. COVID year, me and Jed Jerko, we snuck up there and did it. It was unbelievable. You didn't injure yourself though. I didn't injure myself. It was no. fast though, and when you get up there, it's high. Yeah, that's the, the there's the the turn. That's what I'm a little concerned about. I think Without Dodgers, fine, but there's that little question of doubt. Like, eh, have you ever done it? No, I haven't. I was going to, but then after the Dodgers reporter broke his ribs or his wrist or maybe both last year, it's like it's seriously been cracked down. It's much wow. harder to get someone to take you up there. Well, yeah, yeah we, we know about the famous injury with David Vasse, uh, the Dodgers reporter who what broke his arm or something like that. That was funny. That's a that's a great clip. Yeah, me yeah. and Jed, we just hopped some fences and climbed up there. We got in trouble after by uh, security, but we didn't care. We did it. We checked it off the list. <laughs> There's that it, yeah. other bucket list thing. You're, you know, you're seeing, players. Seeing, you can get Yeah, seeing, it, right? seeing the seventh inning at, at Cubs and, and slide down the slide in Milwaukee. I got one of them. All right, so, Kurt, let's get to business. Did the Brewers do enough? Do you like their moves? Grade the uh, trade deadline for Milwaukee. 
Yeah, I I did like their moves considering what was available on the market. You kind of saw how it played out. Other than the, the top of the top names, which the Brewers weren't really going to be in play for in terms of like they didn't want to deal that prospect capital. I think they did all right. Now the question shifts to is this team good enough, even including those moves, to win this division, make the playoffs? Uh, we can get into all of that. But, uh, yeah, considering I'd, uh, they had a, de- a delicate balance to strike between not having the greatest team right now, um, having a good team, and then having a good farm system, It's and, and not a great market either. It's a tricky balance to play. But I think they did well, uh, not really giving up all too much for guys that should help. Curry, I just seen you literally uh, a few days ago and in Milwaukee. Um, what's the temperament of the team? Honestly, you know, the Reds, obviously, they they play the younger the younger team when I was there. Fiery. The the Brewers, a little older starting pitchers. Uh, got some youth, obviously, with their prospects. But what's the temperament of the team? They made some good trades. I, I like both of them, actually. Um, I love Santana big time. Um, but what's the temperament of their team? Do, are they going to go for it, really? Because this is an open division, as the Cubs are going for it. No one, I think no one besides the, uh, the, I mean, even the Pirates, everybody's in. What's the temperament of the Brewers as everybody's in in the Central? Yeah, I, I think it's a clubhouse that knows everyone's in it. They know they're in it. Uh, and there's just a, there's a, a need for some sparks over the last couple months, and they think that they're going to they're gonna get them, whether it was Sal Freelick coming up. I don't know if you were here for – were you here for his debut? That was a, an electric night. Yeah, and I've seen, uh, I seen him go deep too. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah, that was the night I saw you here. Um, that, that was a spark. Brandon Woodruff coming back will be a spark. They hope some of these guys they got, you know, Carl Santana, Andrew Chapin, Mark Hanna at the deadline. They hope those are sparks uh, to, to get you through the last two months. It's a, like inside this organization, I get the sense that they believe that they should win this division. The players think it. Um, I think probably the front office believes that – They've assembled a, a team that can win it. They've got to have some guys that are underperforming in all earnest, earnest, uh, earnestness right now. They need those guys to step up. Um, really, Thomas hasn't been great in the second half, or you know, hasn't played up to the performance level that they're used to from him as well. Uh, some guys, you know, that are injured right now, like Rowdy Telez, hasn't been to the standard that he set for himself either. So. If, if the guys that are kind of playing under where they've been at in their career step up and the trades perform as expected, this is a team that should be in it to the very end. All right, uh, Kurt, you talked about Big Woo, Brandon Woodruff. He was just here in Nashville um, on a rehab, pissed off. He didn't text me. I would have driven over and watched him. Um, big fan of him. So, obviously, he's he's ramping things up. He's he's in AAA doing rehab. Is he is his next start going to be with Milwaukee? Is he going to do is he going to need one or two more here in the minor leagues? Well, we'll hopefully get an answer on that later today. But if you know anything about Big Woo, if anyone knows anything about Big Woo, he's going to do everything in his possibility to make his next start be here on this homestand. I think that'll be next week against the Rockies. It it lines up for they've got a spot for him to to step in next week. He's gotten through three rehab starts. He's gotten five up downs in seventy something pitches. Like in term in terms of workload and you know getting that good soreness in you and in getting that good tiredness in you as well. Like he's done everything that he thinks he needs to do. Um, like the Brewers are right in the thick of it. They don't have a a huge, I guess, pressing need for like they need to have another starter. Colin Ray's stepped in and, and done sufficiently, but. As we all know, there's not many guys like Brandon Woodruff out there. 
and they've been waiting four plus months for this guy to come back. So I could very well see that button getting pressed and he'll be right out here throwing in just a few days. Hey, Kurt, were you surprised that the Reds did absolutely nothing at the trade deadline? Even Nick Crawl, who's done a great job, especially over the past couple of years, their GM, kind of hinted that they were going to make a move. And there was public comments about how they've been filling that place up and they're kind of felt like they were going to reward the fans with some type of deal. And you could look at the team and say, okay, there's a lot going right. But then you look at the last couple of days and you're like, holy shit, they need pitching. I mean, they've given up yeah. a freaking boatload of runs to a Cubs team that's good, but they're making their offense look like it's, you know, one of the best offenses we've ever seen. So we've also seen these two teams match up and the Brewers have owned the matchup. I like Cincinnati. I think it's a great story, but I think they really missed the boat by not trying to do a little something for their pitching yeah. depth, despite Green and Lodolo coming back at some point. Were you looking like, wait, am I missing something? Yeah, like, what, Did the Reds do anything? Am I missing something here? Yeah, I mean, their pitching has been, it's it's been, I guess, manageable. Like, it's kept them in games and allows their offense, which is really, really good and really, really dangerous, unless they're playing the Brewers, apparently. Uh, against everyone else, they score a ton of runs, uh, but not against Milwaukee for whatever reason. But, yeah, the pitching... Uh, has has it's like just need some more guys like Alexis Diaz is really good. Um, they got some other interesting guys in the bullpen, but it's it's needed some guys. Maybe needed another starter. Now you could squint and very well see them still winning this division with what they've got. They've got so much offensive talent. But on the other hand, like you saw a lot of teams make some marginal to a little more than marginal upgrades and didn't cost a whole lot. Like the Brewers didn't put much of a dent in their system at all for to address three positions of need and like this is kind of my philosophy on the reds and like maybe where the orioles were you've got so many prospects to deal from and you've got such a you know you're like you have a chance to win now your team is in a spot to make some serious hay in the playoffs the fan base is as energized as they've been in a decade a decade plus why not go why not go for it make a little move go get giolito or someone i don't know if that was the right move for the reds or not but that's what I would have done. Yeah, I mean, Eduardo Rodriguez, we talked about a lot, Jonesy, and I don't think he was on the no-trade list. That would have been a good ask. Easily to bring in guys like that. And, again, you don't have – they always talk about windows. There's only a few teams that have true windows that are open. A lot of these teams' windows are barely cracked, and they, they break them to get through. This is a year for the Reds to do that. Like, why not be like, again, you got prospects going forward. I hope that they turn out to be what they turn out to be. But your fans are excited right now. They're not, no one's thinking about 2024 yet until it gets here. You can add some pieces. You have some, you got, uh, you got capital. I mean, again, it's, it's, it's a different division. It's not the East. It's not the West. But you got to add something to tell my fan base and my guys, like, hey, we're going for it. We need a little bit of help. Yeah, our records indicate we're right at 500, basically. We need a little bit of help. They didn't do it. Just something. Paul Seawald, Andrew Chafin, who's here, would have been good. Um, mm-hmm. I do, like I said, I think the Brewers did pretty well addressing some needs. They weren't, weren't the splashiest ads, uh, but considering how bad this offense has been, <laughs> an upgrade's an upgrade <laughs> at this rate. 100%. 
Yeah. And what about the Cubs then? So I do think it makes it more fun. And, and now the Cubs are looking going, oh, Cincinnati didn't do anything. And now they're smacking them around right now. I always think there's some karma related to that. But were you surprised that the Cubs decided to go in? I was pretty hard on them because I don't see it. But I know they're on a great run right now. I still think the Brewers are going to probably win the division and the Cubs are going to be on the outside looking in from a wild card. But they're certainly making a strong case right now. Yeah, the lineup, like you said, it's not the 27 Yankees, but you kind of stack the names on that lineup compared to, say, the Brewers lineup, and it looks a lot better down on the north side of Chicago for sure than it does here. That those boys can can put up some some runs at a serious clip. So, yeah, it'll be it'll be. Uh, I mean, they're they're right in the thick of this, so it'll be very inter- interesting to see how it goes. Uh, Brewers are done with the Reds, but they've got the Cubs still still a few more times. I'm not sure how. Cubs pitching is going to be able to hold up. Um, they've, they've gotten some good performances out of some guys for sure. They were in a tricky spot about like a week and a half ago where they started going on this little bit of a winning streak, and it was like, oh, boy, I don't know if like they're going to be able to like climb all the way back into this, but that might keep them from selling or is like going to be a good thing. I think it was a good thing for them long term because they're right smack dab in the th- but the wild card now. Yeah, and uh, how do you think Brewers fans feel about Brock Holt wearing Cubs gear today after two days of fireworks? Even though Cubs still, uh, Brock still got a little uh, Milwaukee Brewers on his big league resume. Brock Star, let's, let's yeah, <laughs> yeah. The Cubs, the Cubs, the Cubs have been on fire just about as long as I was in Mo- my career in Milwaukee lasted, <laughs> right? Like thirty at bats, send me, send me pack, and I, you know what? I think, I think the why I got designated so quick was because me and Yelich were hanging out a lot, and Yelich wasn't playing that great. So they're like, "Listen, Yelich just got d- off back-to-back <laughs> years of two MVPs, and now he's, eh, he's not that great of a player, and Brock's the only thing that's changed. So <laughs> let's get rid of him, and now look at him, he's back, he's baby." Back. Hey, I Great buy immaculate it. grid name for for first Brewers, by the way, though. Oh, I'm 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 sure more people will think of me as a Brewers legend than you think, Kurt. <laughs> I bet I'm up there in the 15, 20 percent range. Yeah, we got what, number number twenty was it? No, nah, eleven. Eleven. Uh. Yeah. See, you don't. Yeah. You see that? Uh, that no, just, just that tells you all you need to know right there. Uh, well, it's, it's. I thought they were gonna have it up here on the on the facade, yeah. but for some reason they yeah. haven't gotten there yet. The number the number eleven didn't last long in 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 Brewers uh, Brewer, Brewers history. <laughs> hey, well, Kurt, I want to finish with this: who the maybe the next great number eleven could be for the Brewers? Take us down to the farm for a moment, because this team's done a much better job with their farm system the last what year or two versus what they had for like a three four year stretch before that. They were towards the bottom. They were competing every year. They didn't have much to take from. Their minor league system, we've seen a bunch of young brewers come up this year, like Freelick, obviously the latest. And then, of course, we all want to talk about Jackson Churio. So what do you think? Is there anyone else left that's going to come up this year that's going to contribute? And I don't know if the offense is just okay and Churio just starts raking for the next month and a half. Why not say fuck it and bring up the maybe best prospect in baseball right now? He is hes the youngest player at AA, and he's the hottest hitter in the entire minor leagues right now. I I feel like, as of even a couple weeks ago, the idea was like, ah, he's 19, this would be rushing him up here. 
I don't know if the calculation changes at all over the next three weeks if he keeps, you know, hitting a homer every other night like he's been doing. That'd be exciting to see. I mean, talk about the fans being interested. Um, they would be all for it. I still don't think it happens. That's my my sense of the situation. Uh, one name is Tyler Black. He's the other really good hitter at AA right now. Uh, he could fill the need at first base. Could be a designated hitter. Also plays some third base, although that's not his strength. Uh, he's he's a little older, I think 22 maybe. So probably a little. Brewers would be maybe a little more inclined to feel like he's more big league ready uh, if they if they need to call up a guy. But man, that would be some excitement over the final month to get Cherio up here for sure. And I've just been reminded, Brock, that number 11 is taken yeah. at the moment. Yeah, Rowdy Telez. He, yeah, he yeah he's won it a little bit better than me. <laughs> Different size uniform. Different size uniform. A little bit more pop. A little bit more pop, but a lot less hair. Exactly. Well stated. Yes. And Rowdy. Rowdy's back. What? What's the timetable on him, by the way, Kirk? Because we don't. Um, we don't usually bring dudes on when they're he's hurt. Ta- so. He's taken. He's taken some swings. Okay. Um, he's not. He's got to get to rehab games and then get a few of the, like more than a few of those. And because it's been a while since he's been out. Yeah. Okay. Well, we miss him. Kirk, great I'll, to catch I'll, up I'll with you. I'll tell you guys miss him and Brock said he's a better brewer. <laughs> yeah, tell him that. He already knows that, though. <laughs> he'll, have no, he'll have no retort whatsoever, I'm sure. Oh, no. He, I love yeah. Rowdy. He's, he's a great dude. Yeah, too bad. He's so quiet. And he doesn't like to, you know, throw jabs at anybody. Um, Kirk, great to have you on, man. Good to catch Thanks, up again. Guys. Thanks, Kirk. Thank you. Appreciate it. Okay, Lo, a unique situation here with one of the rookies on the crew Bryce Terang was able to change his number with Luis Arias being traded to the Boston Red Sox. Terang had the number zero, which in itself is a pretty unique number to wear. Many of the guys don't want to wear zero. And he changed his number to two. Can't have one because that was retired by the Brewers for Bud Selig. And so his dad wore the number one when he was in the bigs. Bryce has this big tattoo on his arm with dad wearing one, Bryce wearing two, He's a rookie, though, when you come up to the show, unless he's got, like, serious <laughs> dough that I don't know about and he can talk Arias into it, he had to wait until it was his time to shine. So had you ever seen something like that, like teammates changing midseason or if a rookie comes up? I'm sure you've never heard of a rookie coming up and saying, oh, hey, vet, can I steal your number? Yeah, you're definitely not getting that from a vet, <laughs> 100%. But, hey. He got some positive vibes from changing his number. He's already homered. He's yeah. off to a great start with his new number change. But, hey, keep the positive vibes going. Let it rub off, rub, rub that good juju off on your teammates. <laughs> and y'all just ride off into the sunset, into the playoffs. So this, they're going to be a fun team to watch down the stretch for sure. And especially now with, with Brandon Woodruff coming back. Big Woo gets a lot of attention on this show. That's a number one starting pitcher that has been gone for almost the entire season for Milwaukee, who now comes back to the fold. He's been pretty durable for them, goes through an injury. It's the first time he's had really this extended injury. He comes on the show all the time, and everyone's excited to have him back from, of course, a a clubhouse perspective. But what he does on the mound, we talked about it, you, me, and Adam Jones. So let's run through that conversation right now on the return of Big Woo being one of the most impactful injury returns of the season for a contending ball club. And welcome back, Brandon Woodruff, coming to the party. Big Woo gets so much attention. And I think, you know, I I get to learn how some of the players are liked and respected. And Brandon Woodruff is talked about like for months now, even when he's on the IL. Of course, we know what he does 
on the bump. But dudes in Milwaukee, because we have a lot of them on low, they miss him. Freddie Peralta just went out and said it in the beginning of the year, which I thought was fun. He was like, that's my guy. That's my number one on the mound if I need somebody. you know." And he's got good teammates with him too. Like mm-hmm. Corbin Burns is no slouch, but Brandon Woodruff is respected. And hey, you want a second half addition? We talk about that. I think some teams play that up too much. Like the Red Sox were saying, oh, we got all these pitchers coming back. Like Sale, I'm like, okay, but it, Sale's great, but he's been hurt a lot. Like, he can't stay on the field right now. They're talking about, like, Tanner Houck and Garrett Whitlock. Like, Brandon Woodruff coming back, that is a legit claim by a team to be like, we have a dude that's better than any free or tra- trade addition that we could make at the deadline. Yeah, and he is that dude. That's the thing, you know, you like to hear about. He's that dude. And Big Rusa, he's a great clubhouse guy, and I know it's eating him alive that he hasn't been able to pitch all year. Um, and he's itching to get back out there. I just know the kind of mentality he's ha- he has and the competitor he is. So, you know, for for uh, Freddie to say that, you know, that's something I experienced. You love to have great guys in the clubhouse because it, it, makes, it makes the environment a lot more fun, and also you have a top competitor that goes out there and dominates on the mound each start. So, you know, overall, he's, he's bring, he brings everything to the table that you want in a player. Yeah, Brandon Woodruff is legit, man. That's a that's a big, big help for this team. They got they've got a solid one, two, three at the top of that rotation that you don't want to mess with in the playoffs. That's like an old school one, two, three. You have three guys, Jonesy, that can go seven, eight innings in a playoff start. And then it's like uh Piamps, who's been sick for them, not really a known name, but big trade addition for them. Piamps and Devin Williams and good night. We took game one, two, and three. And it's crazy. It's the wild card is the guy who I just when was just in Milwaukee. He still don't know how they still paying him. Uh, Wade Miley. He, <laughs> he, hey, hey, way to go out there and, and run run up six seven innings on you real quick. You know what I mean? He worked quick, so you can go to dinner that night. So he is, you know, that to me is is one of the guys that is a, a glue to as he's the older guy. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Burns and Woodruff are the stuff guy. He's the older guy who's been there, been around a little bit longer. But, again, those two guys don't need to be spoken to. Those are some of the top pitchers in the game. But having Woodruff back is is obviously a big, big key. It puts everybody, again, back into where they belong in the rotation. And, you know, if you got Burns and Woodruff going back-to-back days, guess what? Your bullpen hopefully should have rest days to win the other starters. Again, I love Peralta and love uh, Wade, as I just mentioned and Ray, who's throwing tonight, it still gives the bullpen uh, rest for for their starts. Okay, so, Lo, the Brewers are in a softer portion of their schedule right now, Pirates, Rockies, but I'm looking towards the end of the month, and they've got the Dodgers on there, the Rangers, the Twins, the Padres, and now a Cubs team that's improved themselves. So this is the time to shine and take advantage. Also, for me, because we know this week they had a huge win, one of their wins, against Pittsburgh they they want to believe it was 14 to 1 offense was clicking and I have to think that a front office that's making veteran additions to a lineup helps the younger guys who performed really well this week like Terang like Sal Freelich take a little bit of weight off their shoulders you were part of a KC team remember that suddenly brought in what Zobrist one year and help me out who else did you guys add uh Uh, Cueto Cueto Cueto, yep uh yeah 
those were our main pieces and having those guys was humongous. So uh, having those guys kind of solidified our team and completed our team and that helped us propel, you know, as far as we went. What did guys say when, when you had additions like that, right? And those are probably even bigger additions than we're talking about here with Milwaukee, but still, I mean, these are solid big league regular ball players that are, can fill into a lineup every day. When that happened with you guys back then, did you actually feel like, aside from those two, the team played better because of the added juice that you got? It's just they you, – you feel the energy. You feel the boost that it brings your clubhouse. It's like, hey, my team went out and made a move. Like, we went out and did something that helped our team get better. And that – not on, just making those moves not only makes you feel good as a player, it kind of boosts you – I don't boost uh, the morale on the team as well. And say, hey, they believe in us. They believe we can go out and compete and hopefully get to the playoffs and win a World Series. And that's what, you know, being a GM does for a ball club. So we'll see how that plays out. And we'll talk about it again in the next few weeks on Brew Crew Territory. Thanks, everyone, for watching. If you're on YouTube and if you want to listen to this on the go, we're on Apple, we're on Spotify. Just type in Brew Crew Territory and we'll be there for you. For low, I'm Braun. We'll see you next time. All righty.